0: (laughs) I was going to say before that it's not a Twitter-wide problem, it's a Silicon Valley-wide problem, as I understand it. Right now, what's happening there, and and again, Brett, thanks for uh, hipping me to this, is that it's akin to the time period in the United States, pre all the laws against monopolization, where the big companies were accumulating and buying each other out, and there was not yet laws against doing that. So there was monopolies, there was price fixing, there was all this bad anti-capitalist stuff. And the government had to step in and begin regulating, which happened pretty steadily from Teddy Roosevelt through when dipshit fuckhead Ronald Reagan decided that in his addled brain that regulation was somehow bad because who doesn't want tainted meat? Anyway, we don't have that right now in Silicon Valley. We don't have that with these companies. This shit is the Wild West and it's run and managed mostly by these libertarian dudes like Jack Dorsey, Mm -hmm. who is he's not unique. He is emblematic of the larger viewpoint, as I understand it, of what goes on out there which is why it's mostly dudes, it's mostly they have this libertarian bent. And in my experience, again, anecdotally, these guy, these white guys who are libertarians like that tend not to be the greatest with women stuff. They tend to have problems a little bit, you know, the, the, how they treat women, and that pervades the entire subculture out there. And there is no regulation on these things. So you have people like that in charge of what goes out on the platform, and they're pretty much indemnified. If Twitter could be sued because mm. Jack Pasoba puts put something out there that's disinformation, it would vanish fucking tomorrow. But right. it can't be because they say we're not publishers. We're just, it's just freedom of speech, man. We're just doing our thing. It's just technology, man. It's, no, it's punk, man. So that's the bullshit excuse. But the reality is that Zuckerberg and Dorsey And whoever owns clubhouse and these things they need to be in some way accountable of the stuff that goes out there just like anybody else does and if there's i I don't know what the answer is i'm not a lawyer i'm certainly not that kind of lawyer but there is no regulation right now at all and the rules that that affect them do nothing there's no financial incentive for them to clean this shit up and that's the problem if there was it would be (laughs) clean
1: That, that's a good point. Is there's a financial incentive to cap, have them you know, keep it yeah. bad, and there is. You know, like, I use the example of like showing pornography on ABC at ten o'clock or something like that. Ratings um, would go up. It, the rating certainly there would be some trouble. Uh, there would be some trouble in Middle America with that, but you might get ratings to go up. Look, the, when we talk about okay, so if you have somebody like a Mike Cernovich or something like that creating content for your site. Okay. And you compare them to somebody like me who I don't know how many thousand tweets I've done thousands maybe I've, I've deleted a bunch. I don't know what the total is. But we're talking about these guys do, will tweet like 50 to 100 times. A Cassandra Fairbanks who is one of the people we mentioned in that in, in in this analysis, I calculated to get to where she is, she tweeted 50 on average 50 times a day. So they don't it's not only that they hit nerves that make people keep people clicking, they are also dedicated to generating material for this platform. They will live on the platform. So it makes it's, it yeah. it's much harder for them to get rid of somebody who is keeping
2: their stock on, quite right. frankly. Well that Greg and me, we spend a lot of time on on the Twitter. It's uh, it's, uh you know, I
0: it's spend probably, I don't tweet you don't tweet a
2: hundred times. You don't tweet a hundred t- no, times to no, no.
1: No, and like so. I think we got calculated in the Pozobic series it was like 80 to 100 times a day over a span of two years Wow a day, a day and that includes retweets and and whatever okay yeah. but this is means like this means like a wake up Twitter Um, this twit hate to be is children it's a really insane way to live in my opinion I hate being on Twitter although I use it mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know they dedicate themselves to this platform they right. do periscopes they do when they're not tweeting they are so you are asking them to also get rid of somebody who is dedicated to their brand whereas many sane reporters have legitimate criticisms of this so they're not going to want to listen to them they're going to want to listen to the people who are flooding the site with content and keeping their business going.
2: yeah and it's really interesting what you both are saying there because the the lack of regulation is fascinating considering the impact they've had and let's go to this quote from dorsey where he said This is from the Rolling Stone interview that he did. We definitely help divide people. We definitely create isolation. We definitely make it easy for people to confirm their own bias. We've only given them one tool, which is to follow an account that will 90% confirm whatever bias you have, and it doesn't allow them to seek other perspectives. It contributes to tribalism, it contributes to nationalism, and it's counter to what we need the world to consider, which is how do we solve the climate change? There's no country anywhere on the planet that's going to solve it alone. How do we solve AI taking all our jobs or nuclear war? These are global conversations, and it's got to be pointed in that direction. Right now, it's pointed inwards. It's it's, the first part of that is stunning to me, because he really is aware of, um, of what he's doing, but he doesn't seem to think it's very serious. And
0: then he's supporting Tulsi Gabbard in the, in the thing, which is just, yeah.
1: Tulsi Gabbard is a perfect example of what social media does or can do. I think, I guess, which is just like, you have a whole crop of people who come from liberalism or have like liberal beliefs and stuff like that, who should appeal, who appeal, who take that, that worldview. And once they filter it into the engagement machine. Um, and it's been, it makes perfect sense that somebody like Dorsey would be interested in her. Once you filter that, then they start doing stuff. It's like, you look, look at like Michael Tracy, Glenn Greenwald, these types of people Oof. who are like, not a fan. Okay, so but like, but they, once you start playing to the audience there, you see how the actual platform favors reactionary views because you're gonna start, with, like when you're all about getting engagement and those people I really believe are, and I think they are just dive in every day like, let's get my engagement up. Let me say the thing that's going to get my engagement up. That's what they know how to do. Right. Um, and it, you will tilt in a reactionary direction because that is what is going to come off as pre- profound. That's what's going to upset the user base, right. that Dorsey's user user base. And like Tulsi Gabbard's politics are a perfect example of like engagement politics. It's like, if I start, OK, I'm a democratic person, like whatever, and I'm like, uh, OK, she, like, she went from being like, oh, aligned with, with some of Bernie Sanders' beliefs, I guess she had the, I shouldn't say that because the, there was the Hindu nationalists aligned with, with some of Bernie's you know, talking points and then gradually became more and more reactionary as she goes because you're responding to the audience on Twitter will lap it up when you push buttons and right. there's no better way to push buttons than to use reactionary talking points. And you know, if I went out there on Twitter and I decided that I wanted to change who I was to make a living off of social media. The easiest way to do it would be to call myself like the based Arab or something like that. And then like start saying, (laughs) right? No, seriously. And then just like start saying things that were like, that just questioned whatever the liberal common sense of the day was. And that's what Michael Tracy does. That's all he does. He has, he's not, he's, he, Is very limited in his ability as a writer. He can barely structure eight hundred words. If you read it, he can't even spell
0: Tracy correctly. Let's face (laughs) it.
1: But no, but he's very, he's very good at just like taking whatever's gonna you know piss people off and whatever. He views is the unsaid thing that day because of the liberal base of users on Twitter and just poking him by saying the opposite, and that's how he's built up his following on the platform. It is a platform, and is a, it is a medium that favors reactionary views because those are the views that make Jack Dorsey. Well, we have is- to.
0: There's one more. There's one more thing. I just want to piggyback that on that because I also think that it must be acknowledged. I wake up very early in the morning. I'm up at five five thirty. All this shit is trending early in the morning. Mm-hmm. When it's fucking lunchtime in Moscow. So I'm going to say it's lunchtime in, in Riyadh and it's lunchtime in Moscow. And that's why. Because these assholes tweet this shit and it's boosted by botnets in those countries. I'm convinced of that. And well, there are times, there's at least once, that I sabotaged one of their fucking hashtags. Because yeah. I got up early enough and wrote something counter to what it was and used it. And enough people tweeted it that it blew up right. in their face. Yeah. I Luke Skywalkered that shit but like this is a game that they play they do their shit and then it gets amplified by all of these accounts in countries that are having their coffee while we're still sleeping.
1: That sounds like superficially, like it could be like tinfoil hat or something like that, but it's not. It's actually demonstrably true. If you look at what happened with Macron leaks, for example, I mean, these are like bots that primarily came from Russia that promoted Jack Pozovic's tweets. And I was really a skeptic about some of that stuff until I started reporting on it. And then I'm like, okay, that's how it happened. That's how it, who is just publishing this you know, gibberish and promoting this Russian intelligence hack was going from 10 retweets. To a thousand and like like that. I mean it was largely automation. And you see these guys, some of these guys who again are Twitter are, are Twitter characters, and Pesobic is always the first example that comes to mind. I think I calculated at one point during um the Hunter Biden thing in which and he is just absolutely blasting off on Twitter. Like an average of thousand 6, 6, five hundred retweets. Uh, per tweet over like a 6 tweet span in an hour wow. and i ask you like how, wow. yeah but and you, but but i ask you like how many times do you like retweet the same person yeah. multiple times in an hour we don't yeah. do it like I, I may have retweeted twice about this appearance i feel weird to like spam yeah. Uh, people with one right you selectively retweet uh, friends and stuff like that i i I retweet hannah gaze a lot because she's my colleague and we're always dming with each other on on splc's work chat that's a little bit those type of things happen but it's very rare that you just like keep retweeting your favorite person six times in a row so who is who are these people and you know, the reality is it's a lot of automation, a lot of bots. Um, I remember an Andy No repost of his video in which he was beaten in which like there was like 39,000 or each, some kind of insane thing two months after it was a hot topic. And then, so who were those people? You now, theoretically, it could have happened, but I just didn't see it organically like in the wild yeah. on
2: Twitter. I just saw the numbers. Well, that's the sphere, right? Is that they're leaning into one side of this debate, but really it's a civil war that we're having. Like they're putting so much emphasis on the right side that I don't know if that really is an accurate reflection of how many people really feel those things in in the country. We think that there's 40%. Would there be 40% who support MAGA if we didn't have all these Twitter retweets and all this amplification going on Fox News and elsewhere? Probably not. This industrial scale information machine that's dividing America. And it's super serious. It's causing it's bringing us to the brink of the end of democracy. And yet we, we talk about Twitter like it's just a thing, but it's a part of this machine, it feels like, that's absolutely tearing yeah. this country apart. Yeah, I agree. We'll be right back, because Greg and I have something to talk about, and you get to a few minutes, uh, Michael, to hang out. So guess what, Greg? Free bacon it's for a time. year. It's my time. Free bacon for a year. So do you like bacon, or are you a, a, a steak person? Which are you? I- We've covered this. I'm a steak person. I'm more of a steak person. You, you are more of a steak person and you ought to be more of a steak person. And it's Moo and Oink, by the way. I discovered that's how they, g- they came up with the name. It's Moo, Oink, Moink. Uh, they deliver grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find in prepackaged in the meat aisle. Sign up to moinkbox.com, that's moinkbox.com narrative to get a year of bacon for free, and then pick what meats you want delivered with your first box, and then you can change that every month or cancel at any time.
0: I, I, since last time we did this, I did a little more research on this and I got, you know, I got the bug the the New York strip steaks have, do you like New York strip steak? I, some people prefer these big porterhouse that I like a New York strip. Okay right. and you can't go to the store and buy stuff like this because the the meat here is not the, the supermarkets don't get the good stuff right. so it's important if you want good steak you have
2: to do it this way sorry it's just that's so you just, you got the just box just the and, and what's in the box just lots of good meats it's
0: good stuff man it's like uh, there's pork there's steaks there's so cuts of meat and
2: and the bacon so
1: that's it's good that's
2: stuff really good by oh, the wait. way moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on shark tank i watched the episode she's great i really like her and host kevin o'leary uh said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted have you tasted the bacon yet yeah it's good it's also it's good you gotta fry it correctly but right. yes always yeah. and james simonoff uh, the creator of the ring video doorbell invested in moink they guarantee you'll say oink i'm just so happy i got moinked is it
0: what? So she is, is. the eighth generation farmer? Was the ninth generation back not a farmer? Like, what, how does that work? That's, I, 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 don't know how that works. But I, it's good. There, there's obviously something in the DNA. is good because this is good stuff.
2: Really. I, they really are fighting to keep the local farmers viable in America, so they're a really good uh, buy. Join the Moink Movement today. Go to moinkbox.com/narrative n a r a t i v right now, and listeners to the show get free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste but for a limited time. Spelled Moink, M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash narrative. That's Moinkbox.com slash narrative, the way we spell narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. there you go. I I want to try some of that. You're gonna send me some, will will you please? I'll send you some, that's good, that's good. That's good, good. there you go. Uh, Let's get Michael back in here. Are you baking a steak, Mr. Michael?
1: I'm. I apologize. I hope I'm not uh, bad for the thing, but I'm actually a pescatarian, so I apologize. They have yeah, fish too. They've they have got fish, salmon. Good fish, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm still. Yeah. I'm still you know how salmon is. Yeah. You get
0: the salmon at the supermarket. It's like got
1: weird color and the yeah. That's true. I've actually been grilling a lot of fish this year, barbecuing uh, tuna steaks and things like that. So i be been there.
2: It's
1: worked really out pretty well. A lot of home cooking.
0: Salmon tinfoil grill is your friend. That's it. So That's I'm going to say. Okay.
1: All right. Yes, I'm so- interested in that.
2: What's going to happen here? I and mean, Twitter's obviously very powerful. We've got this incredible divisive machine that's driving a wedge through the country. We're heading into another election where the wedge is going to get even wider. Do you think that Twitter's going to change? Is there even a possibility that Twitter's going to change the way it, it views things? So,
1: I guess as a person who is focused on, on making those changes, Or leading those, letting those changes happen. I don't want to close the door on it. Let's put it this way: I'm not impressed that they suspended Nick Fuentes Mm -hmm. today. I'm relieved more than anything else, but I'm not like, oh wow, okay, they're really going to change. I don't believe that. As I said, they made these people right, and that's worse than anything else. They created them from scratch. So, my the answer is I hold out a little bit of hope, but the only way for that to happen is the country has to change. To such a degree that they feel like they can't get away with it anymore mm. i think and that's really it i don't feel like the the leadership team itself is going to they're not they don't want to admit that anybody else any of their critics are right that's the first thing right. i know that twitter tried to like what would love to sell i'm sure they'd love to get rid of their product by now and get it out of his hands dorsey would much rather focus on bitcoin and square and stuff this must be a huge hassle you're getting SPLC is yelling at you at the same day that, you're, that Trump is suing you. It's like, who wants this? Just take your money and run, that's what I would do. So it's possible that new leadership, they could sell it, and possibly that it might change in some way there. But what I would really love, and this is some real utopian bullshit, I would really love to have, have it go be replaced by a different platform for journalists, one in which the journalists could reach people without some of these problems. And then the fear of that is that like, maybe that these bells and whistles, these extremists or whatever, bring more people to the thing and keep people clicking. And maybe journalism is a dying industry and Wait, it's something that focused on just getting the content to people would fail. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. This is not easy. I have to give Jack Dorsey some credit because he's made a very successful product a product that many people are addicted to. He's a smart guy. There's no doubt about it.
2: Tearing the part- country apart though.
1: Yes, of course. So. You know, what I would what, what I love I don't care about my followers on Twitter. I'd love I'd trade I'd love for that it to be meaningless, the followers. I'd love to have a different platform in which we can report these things out and get them shared and get them seen by people. Like the the biggest thing you get from Twitter, right? When I do my stories, and it really helps somebody who's in a, a rights group like SPLC, is that journalists see it, right? I remember when we when I did the the Stephen Miller investigation on Stephen Miller's emails. And I put so much work into it and so much heart into it, like that I think AOC was like the first person to retweet it. That was like big person who like got it going. And I cried, man. I was like, so I seriously did. I was like, because I'd worked for so long and no major publications wanted to join up with us. Mm -hmm. The Guardian did actually, kudos to them. Um, but like nobody did, nobody, everybody was just like no. And I, I had just so much of emotion invested, and in I couldn't sleep because I was like worried about like what could happen. Like there's a lot of anxiety. It was a big story for me, and like Twitter really helped me. Like, it it got that going. And by that night, New York Times had written it up, and Washington Post had written it up, and then there was coverage on MSNBC, and there was like all this stuff. That wouldn't have happened without Twitter. Right. So you know, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And there's got to be Twitter will probably, I'm sure, argue to, to to me like you like that. This is the way it is. This is. If you want that, you have to have that. I my, I would like a utopian, my utopian version would be something where we can actually reach people with reporting, serious reporting, and not be hijacked by like the post-millennial. Do you know what the post-millennial is? No. Oh, boy. God, it's like oh, this sorry. Canadian junk news website. It's co-founded by somebody who worked for Russia Insider, of okay. course. And it's like they run one source stories on Pozobic tweets, and oh, it is God. that
0: kind of thing. Yeah,
1: Jared, Jared, Jared Holt did some reporting on them, and found that they actually paid people five dollars a post. Like, just what? Like, I once got into a, a, an argument because they had they were really defaming me in a thing. They had an extremist write an article about me and, and Luke. And I got into a shouting match with them on like over the phone about it and I was like, these are a bunch of kids. These are like 21-year-old kids in an apartment. Who knows who's funding this crap? And yeah. on Twitter, it is given equal weight to the very seriously reported investigation in Los Angeles Times or whatever. This is There's got to be a way, get, a way to get serious reporting to people and get it seen widely like it is on Twitter without
2: yeah. this horror. The equalization is quite good, though. The, to argue the flip side of that is, it's good that a small company or a small publication like, like Narrative can get it yeah, gets a wider audience. That's really helpful. But you're right; ultimately, you can get a lot of junk in here. Uh, I'm talking about, but I'm
1: talking about this post-millennial post millennial yeah. post publishes literal disinformation. You're not doing that. That's right. what I want to make, clarify what I'm saying yeah. here. Yeah, that, like, yeah, independent. I, I don't want it to. I, I also include independent journalists there. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about just the LA Times or which is the example I mentioned. Or Whatever. Independent journalists do essential work. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there has to be some sort of editorial oversight that helps give real things real credit rather than this just explosion of bad information, which is what Twitter really is now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the the, the gatekeepers... Yeah, well, the three of us could probably uh, go walk in there and do a nice diagram for for Jack, showing him who, who the key players are, that he should probably uh, right now, and would probably end a lot of the conflict we have in the country politically, because we can prove to him that they're disinformation agents or whatever. Um, he doesn't care, though. He doesn't the, care. The
0: though. problem, Zev, if I may, I know we've got to wrap it up, but uh, again, shout out Brett Petticourt. The problem here okay. is we need laws. We need Congress to figure out how to regulate Twitter and Facebook and all social media so that this shit that goes on the platforms so that those companies are held accountable for it, especially in a verified account. If a verified guy like Posobiak or Cernovich posts something that's, that's demonstrably untrue and results in someone getting hurt or defamed or whatever, The platform that allowed the post to stay should be liable for damages for that. That's what needs to happen. They need to figure it out. And unfortunately, a lot of the people in Congress don't understand it. I don't know that Chuck Grassley or Dianne Feinstein are gonna be so great with the new tech to under, like there, there aren't that many people on Capitol Hill who even understand what the problem is and how to fix it. So that's also part of the problem. We have to figure out what the laws should even be what they should look like, how they would work and make the Congress, be, the members of Congress understand it enough to craft the laws to pass them. That's the thing
1: that I needs think, to happen. And we would also need to start passing laws... In this country that's
2: also part of that <laughs> on that note <laughs> we can't solve that problem we should mention he's off off tonight because she's still not uh, got a voice back but you can definitely catch her on the world beneath where some guy named greg oliar is the guest this week i think is that
0: correct and but, she's the guest on my show there's a lot of greg oh, and lb talking. Like if you miss greg and lb talking this is a good week for you so this even though she's week. not that's here
2: fun. tonight you can catch up with her there and all of greg and lb's crossover mega experience this week on uh, it's like when
0: marvel and dc when like yeah. spider-man and batman are together yeah yeah it's anyway, amazing man. and
2: that's the show for tonight we'll be back on tuesday i hope you have a great weekend thank you michael edison hayden for being here tonight from yes, the southern poverty law center great piece, and we'll keep following the story and uh we'll see you again soon thanks Good
1: so idea, much for buddy. having
2: me